What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked, and we're live this time. Well, cool. I don't know what happened. We we must have scared everybody into thinking that this is this is the way to do it. But we're well, we're going to see. We're going to yes. see if this is the way to do it. And it's family day. So what better way to spend family day than with uh, Fightful Overbooked? That's right. We're with our Fightful family. We're, if, you're, if you're Canadian, you're familiar with family day. If you're in the States, it's also a long weekend. It is President's Day. So people I didn't know that was doing, a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. It, it, it kind of all coincides now. Whenever the Americans have a, a weekend off, a long weekend, we kind of get there. It's, uh, it seems to be the way to go. And if, if that's the way that we want to go, then we figured we'd go live today. And it's funny because today is the one day that I'm not watching wrestling and I'm just like, Whew. right. Okay. Isn't it Which great? is not like, a bad thing sometimes. I, and I'm like, I got nothing until raw. We, we did the Twitch thing earlier. I watch raw live because I just like to keep up. That's how I go. Um, hello to everyone in the chat, by the way, hope you're doing well because we're live. We can very happily say that we will accept your super chats and your humper chats, humperchats.com. If you want to send us that through PayPal, and if you want to go through super chat, it's a little dollar sign gimmick over in the chat. If you're listening to us in the audio realm over on fifeloverbook.com or your favorite podcast apps, you can go ahead, drop us a five-star like, because that gets us a little bit closer to your friends and into their ears. And we all want to be connected via these things called the internet. So Lily... How are you? First of all, it's it, it, it's it's Grappy Hour. I didn't even tell the people it's Grappy Hour. We drink. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, and I'm very thirsty. I'm doing amazing. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to to do this this thing where we talk every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, and uh, we have a drink. So I guess the question is, what are you drinking tonight? Well, um, I was going to drink red wine because there were so many death matches and so much blood going on this month, but I forgot it was family day and everything's closed. Oh, yeah. That's so right. um, I actually got this kind of small batched uh, cider, which says it's raspberry with lemon balm and it's 4%. I have no idea what lemon balm is. Um, so we're going to find out. And the coolest part about that is that it's actually in my old spaghetti factory mug, which only locals could really appreciate how amazing this is, That's but amazing. Google the old spaghetti factory and uh, you'll see why this is really cool. I uh, just like you couldn't get to the, to the liquor store. I've got a diet Pepsi because of course we're all CM Punk fans here. And instead, yeah, Pepsi man, Pepsi man. Uh, instead, I've actually got a really cool glass. It's like a Ooh, baking thing. She's yeah. fancy. I know. And you know, what's even better. Wait, I got to find it. Ah, up. Oh, my up. oh my Sorry gosh. Oh my gosh. It's a bachelorette party in here. That's right. We're all going to enjoy ourselves. So I hope chat you're doing well. If you're having a drink, grab one with us, non-alcoholic, alcoholic, whatever you want, whatever you're drinking, tell us in the chat. We'll hang out. We'll do the thing. I got a little light up. I hope this thing turns off. I don't think it does. Oh dear. Imagine if you turn the light off and that was the only light for the just the aesthetic. Is just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just pink going the whole You're, you're an e-girl time. now. Oh God. I would do so well with that too. Mm. Mm. Oh, I was it so doesn't thirsty. turn off. I don't think it turns off until you get to the bottom of the cup. That's a problem. Anyway, I'm going to have to bring this glass out now because apparently people are enjoying it in the chat. So let's talk about wrestling. But first, let's talk. Let's talk about the real story from this weekend and really the real story from today. And you want to introduce story, it? I do. I want to talk about the new show hitting the WWE YouTube. 
I Carmella is horny. I, I call it, yes, you call it Carmella is horny. I call it Ms. and Mrs. X-rated because Corey Graves and Carmella have a show now on the WWE YouTube and people were reacting to that trailer. I sent it to you and you were immediately all over the place. Do we want to explain a little bit of what it was? Do you want to tell people what you saw in that trailer? I mean, I am pretty sure most people have seen it by now. It's just the horniest 30-second uh, bumper trailer for, you know, typical uh, reality TV. But all uh, all essentially about their sex lives. There's not a lot of wrestling involved, which is very strange. And my question is, is who asked for this? <laughs> it's a very good who point. Who asked for this? They were teasing it. Like, they were teasing it on online. And everyone just thought they were going to move their... They have a podcast that they were doing where it was about their relationship and like a- answering the tough questions is how they put it when it would, when it comes to relationships. Cool. That's great. I mean, that another advice column show is good and they have a different perspective because they are traveling, they're on the road constantly. So they have to navigate the, I, the concept of being on the road together as a couple. That's great. I get that. Instead, they're making it a reality show that's so over the top and like, it's not X-rated, but it, everything was very sex driven in that trailer. It was and like, the entire thing's like a work. It's like, oh no, I accidentally dropped my giant dildo on the floor. Like you can't, <laughs> there's like zero nuance, absolutely zero nuance to anything. Um, however, I am a huge, huge mark for uh, Total Divas, even newer seasons, which are not as good. So I'm going to watch it. I might review it. I know Josh might be into that as well. So we'll see what happens. Yes. I'm very excited for you and Josh Robinson, who also does content on Overbooked, for you guys to link up and start doing some of this Total Diva slash reality TV wrestling conversations because it's so It did not age well, time. that show also, by the way. It oh, I believe it. Well. Throwback, thank you for the super chat saying it's Irish Car Bombs Night, Prince Spaghetti Night. Good stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't do those right now. Not right now, but after. Later, later. Yes. And yes, that is, that's, that's Josh right here. That's me. In the, in the Aussie land. So my immediate take is that like this show is, it's entirely different from the other reality shows that they've done. And I give them that, like it, I give them that it's totally different. You're looking at a show that is maybe geared towards um, horny people. Let's face it. <laughs> it's very much. And everyone's horny after COVID and like, we're still in COVID right now. Right. Yeah. A lot of people are still stuck at home single. And uh, I guess sex always sells and it kind of seems to have, Less of a WWE vibe and more of an e-network kind of real housewives of blank, blank, blank uh, energy, which I love. Um, It totally kind of suspends any um, anything of being connected to the WWE, even though it totally is just an infomercial for the WWE. Um, Everyone's just going to see them get in these super awkward uh, scripted sexual situations. Um, Like I'm sure they'll go to a sex dungeon. I'm sure they'll do couples therapy and all types of pretty vanilla stuff for me anyway but um on tv it will just be so cringe and uh pretty entertaining to say the least i mean josh is saying that it's four minute episodes two times a week oh that's awful that's how how can you call that an episode so so one of the things that they're showing is like them training in the gym and then immediately it's them going to the shower and getting you know getting getting all soaped up because that's what you want to do after you work out is have sex all gross in a gym you know yeah well you get in the shower and then the camera guys go away anyway the point i'm trying to make here is that i think well you know uh, i think that because we've we've uh come to understand that Corey graves is 
cleared or at least not clear but off the no contact list and has taken a few bumps maybe this is his foray back into wrestling because they are really trying to put this over as they're an actual couple if you didn't know now you know and we can maybe see Corey Graves start to slowly make the transition back to full-time wrestling talent, or at least part-time wrestler, part-time announcer, whatever it is. Uh, this this might be the opportunity for them to bridge that gap. And I think that kind of checks because if they're what WWE seems to be doing right now is kind of modeling uh, the product kind of after the Marvel Universe and these big kind of corporate conglomerate media companies. And so it would make sense to have, you know, the reality TV. So you're on TV, you're in the ring, you might do movies, you might have your podcast. It's all these different things going on at once. Um, I'm a very, very casual viewer of WWE. So I don't know too much about, I know more about Carmella actually, to be quite honest. I get um, it. But, but I don't know um, like how much demand there is for him to get back in the ring as a wrestler. I know he's doing a uh, commentary um, I am personally not a fan of his commentary, but maybe maybe people really like him. I don't know. When he was in NXT, when he started doing the commentary gig, people were over the moon because he really brought a different voice to the table. Unfortunately, that got out and they started overexposing him on, on WWE TV. So he ended up doing literally every show and it just burnt everything out. So as a result, people just kind of got sick of Corey. Uh, and, and, and I understand that feeling. If you're, if you're on every single show, every single day, or whatever it is, four times a week, you start to, over, you, you start to overdo it. So yeah. for Corey to maybe move on to a different role outside of announcing, that would make a lot of sense. Like I'm seeing in the chat, maybe because they're going to be an on-screen couple, you can put Corey with Carmella as a manager. Yeah, Tonight. That, that could also totally work too. Or nothing's going to happen. Maybe or exactly. Maybe do it, yeah. Maybe they'll just do the shows and it'll just be more content that exists in the WWE ether. And especially, especially since the big news dropped, what was it last week about Cody? Um, I try and not, you know, speculate too much. I just try and be a fan and enjoy and see how it plays out and not get too emotionally attached because I think we talked about it last week. Sometimes I do find myself getting like, Oh, this is going to happen or that's going to happen or this is going to be a heel turn or they're going to be a manager. And then I end up disappointing myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand that. It's just a, it's just a way of life with them. <laughs> with any promotion too. Like that's not exclusive to uh, WWE. Yeah. Uh, there was something, what, what was the other thing we were going to talk? Oh, Logan. Yes. So yeah. Elimination Chamber happens, and it's good that you're mentioning Cody because Cody kind of played a little small role in this whole thing. Uh, Miz and Rey Mysterio have their match. Rey Mysterio wins at Elimination Chamber, and then they do a backstage segment where Miz says, I'm going to find backup, and I'm going to call the, the the biggest star that I can find, and he's going to take on Rey Mysterio with me. And so immediately people were joking, mostly joking, that it's going to be Cody. But really, it's like, Hollywood A-lister is going to call up another Hollywood A-lister. So very shortly after, PW Insider and then Sean Ross Sapp and, of course, uh, you know, Dave Meltzer and everyone basically confirms it. Logan Paul's coming back for another trip around the WWE sun. Tell me what you're thinking. Because I know you I, wanted to talk about this. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I mean, as brothers, the Paul brothers are very unlikable people as people. But as performers, as fighters, what they're doing is really smart. And I've always said that I would love to see them as wrestlers just because they kind of embody everything that's wrong about, you know, rich white boys in America. And I think that you could really kind of turn that into something interesting. Oh, you look so shocked by your drink. It suddenly started lighting up and I didn't press the button. 
Oh, you don't you don't want that to be a sudden. You don't <laughs> oh, want that, that to happen. Sorry, go ahead. I want to get No, no, it's all good. Um, so I, I am very excited to see what Logan does and he's already, already been involved, I think with Sami Zayn, um, and maybe even bad bunny, like that kind of era of WWE. And, um, I mean, he's a Disney kid, both those guys are Disney kids. So it just kind of makes sense to naturally graduate to like Peacock TV, you know what I mean? And they're both, um, super unlikable, which I think is great going into wrestling. So kudos to Logan for doing that, honestly. He continues to show up. He he already did a stint with WWE not too long ago, and and he got over for what he was doing there. His boxing, his every basically everything he does elicits a reaction, and I yeah. don't think he wants to be seen as anything more than than the bad guy. But as he's slowly starting to become more likable, because you know, everything that he said about UFC and wanting to get fighters better pay and all this stuff, people started looking at him and saying, "I think that was Jake." I think. Him. I think was that, that was Jake? Jake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You. You know what? You're right. You're right. Um, regardless, the the brothers themselves, like you said, are unlikable. They are like yeah. punch you in the face type of. Oh guys. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those kind of guys in, in Toronto would get knocked out like real mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. That's right. So for us to see Logan Paul potentially come back to WWE, I think that's a good thing. I, I again, it's it's on the level of doing the stuff with uh, with Dan Lambert. It's just a little bit. It's a little different, but it's as long as as long as he's not spouting, you know, sexist rhetoric in his promos, which he won't be because that's not, that's not the audience WWE cultivates or the style that they, they have anymore. Uh, it can be good heat. It can be a really fun, entertaining program because that's what we're doing. We're entertaining. We're not wrestling. And I think that um, if you're going to make the comparison to Dan Lambert, I think like to the general masses, Logan Paul would be um, way more easier to connect with, even as the evil manager or whatever it may be, than Dan Lambert, because Dan Lambert is essentially this shitty boomer, right? So it's the same, same, but different. Um, But I think that to your point, um, the Logan brothers are just money makers and they're hustlers and they know how to get a reaction. Um, So kudos to them. Yeah, they're back. Well, at least they will be back. We'll see when Mm -hmm. that happens. Could be as early as tonight. Who knows? Raw's going to be on in a few hours, and we'll we'll find out. I might even tune in for once. Oh my goodness, you might want to just watch the uh, just watch the crossover hours because that's that's when they show up. (laughs) Watch watch it at eight or at nine or at ten. Don't bother in between, or maybe you will. I don't know. Watch what you like. I'm always doing ten things at once whenever I'm watching wrestling, and then I usually have to do a rewatch after to be like, oh my. Gosh, what did I even miss in that match? Especially with everything that happened in the past week. Same here. With, with me, it's like I've got my I've got three screens in front of me, so I've got you know program. I've got the program on one screen. I've got Twitter, and I've got whatever else I'm working on on a third. It's just that's the way my brain works. People tell me I have ADHD. I don't believe them, but who knows? Speaking of stuff we like to watch, we watched a few things this weekend, including mm-hmm. a bunch of GCW. And I know you wanted to bring up some of that stuff because some good, some not so great. But uh, let's let's talk GCW real quick. Yeah, I mean, as per usual, it was I think it was I can't even say the name of what the actual event was live because it might do something to our YouTube channel. Um, but there were two events. They're both in Atlantic City back at the GCW home base showboat hotel, which is amazing. That's where the best crowds are. The crowds are yeah. always amazing and hot, not like sexually hot, just you know what I mean? Well, there are um, good people out there. In the and there are some good looking people looking there people. too. Come on. Um, and we had everyone from the Briscoes to Joey Janela to Nick Wayne. We had um, AJ Gray and Effie and like 
Gringo Loco, like so yeah. many names that are quintessential to uh, GCW. And one thing that I kind of really liked about it, that there was a real highlight on Lucha style wrestling um, on both nights. Um, and I mean, we can either kind of break down match by match or just talk about wrestlers, but um, there was some crazy matches. Um, and I don't know if everyone watching or that is going to watch this in the future is really into death matches. I actually am not. Um, but when a death match is amazing, there's, it's undeniably like one of the most entertaining and chaotic things you'll ever see, which is why I wore this very controversial shirt today, which is considered one of the best or worst death matches of all time. Um, but holy crap, the amount of bloodshed, uh, this weekend on GCW was next level. And on top of that, the way that, uh, these men were performing was straight out of uh, a horror movie it was crazy so maybe we don't have to go match by match but we yeah. can definitely talk about some standouts including some standout wrestlers and yeah and if you don't mind i'll start you off with one i keep mentioning blake christian <sighs> and the man continues to win in gcw he hasn't lost a match since and the crowd loves him yes but yeah. there's something and I and I know that uh, Stephen Jensen, who hosts the Weekender on Fightful Select, he's pointed this out before, and I agree with him completely. There's something missing from his presentation. There's something that he needs to get into that next step to make him just like undeniable. And I know that's a word that gets tossed around a lot in wrestling, but this is the case for Blake Christian. There's an, he's a great wrestler. There's a charisma there. There's a great look. It's so unique, but something is just. What is it? Well, I mean, he's coming off a crazy strong streak since Bola. Like, he's just on fire. And I think that a lot of people are kind of watching his every move. And I think that he's not really focused on, you know, kayfabe and making a character and being this, like, super active Twitter wrestler. Um, I think he's just more passionate about just wrestling and getting in the ring. So I think that if in 2022 he was able to maybe focus more on his persona, what he's like outside of the ring and inside of the ring when he's not wrestling, that could add that, you know, third dimension to him as a performer that would make everyone just go, holy crap. Um, I personally already get the holy crap reaction out of him, um, especially after this weekend. Uh, it's just undeniable how talented the dude is. Yeah, I mean, listen, the man had standout matches against Jimmy Lloyd. Yeah. Like, whenever Jimmy Lloyd wrestles, Jimmy Lloyd brings it out. And then Ninja Mac. And again, like, two very different styles coming out of those matches. And for all four men to have excellent matches with each other coming out of it, I mean, again, it speaks to the talent and the depth of GCW. And it speaks to what, you know, Blake Christian specifically brings to the, to the table. I just and want to know what that thing is, what that one thing that we're missing is. I I don't know if there's anything missing with you. And it's not that I like disagree with you. I just think that, um, you know, having such high expectations of someone who's like delivered so well is kind of weird to me. And I think that um, the more that we watch him, like the more that we'll start to like figure him out. But I think that he's kind of trying to be that mysterious guy that doesn't want to give it all away, that kind of wants to surprise people or whip out a whole new set of moves at a certain event. Um, so that might actually be part of it is maybe we're all getting worked. Maybe he wants us to kind of, you know, be kind of turned off or confused by him and not know how he's going to strike, not know what his next move or his intentions are. Maybe I'm waiting for a statement when. Or something that is so big that no one expects it from him. And it could have been as easy as him hitting Jonathan Gresham. 
Now, he wasn't going to win that title at GCW, at the World on GCW. He wasn't. But I think maybe the best thing that happened to him was Gresham having to pull out of the show because he ended up having, you know, a great show. He had a, a, a banger match. So I, now, because they're keeping him strong for maybe when Gresham comes back, maybe if Gresham's not a champion at that point, that's the win. And, um, I and I don't know if it's a God tier thing. I'm seeing that in the chat. It's not about God tier. It's literally about just that one thing, that one statement moment that people remember because he doesn't have that yet. I do agree with that, but I don't think that that shining star moment will be Gresham because as much yeah. as Gresham is an undeniable talent, I think that Gresham also has something about him that's missing and i can't quite figure it out either um especially after watching terminus i was just like what what is it so i don't know maybe it's something that's happening to newer wrestlers that we're just not figuring out yet maybe he just needs a deeper tan <laughs> maybe that's it he needs yeah. even myself i put on a little bronzer when i come on tv so i don't look suspicious see meanwhile i need lights that kind of don't flash straight cold white because now oh, if i put on a light like look light. Oh, this isn't oh, going to no. turn on, but I just turn into like <laughs> just, the, just the background like... of a Microsoft Word document. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good. And my other standout from this weekend, and I don't know yeah. if you would agree with this, is also Cole Radrick. Yeah. Young guy, man. Great, great wrestler. Talk to me. Tell me about him. I didn't know anything my... about him. I mean, I like anyone who kind of just puts themselves out there like that. I've never seen someone literally straight across cut their chest with a with a light Crazy. tube and a death match before and, and barely flinch. Like he was so into it. And I mean, when you're in that moment, I guess adrenaline's pumping. So you don't really feel it, but those photos from after the match were I was about insane. to bring that up. Yes. And he also did um, another match. I think the night before with Billy Starks, who is, I think 17 years old and she's doing amazing work right now. I think she actually skipped her high school prom to go do a show in either GCW or another uh, smaller promotion. And she's just, the coolest kid ever like it's so nice to see this kind of generation of um like late teens early 20s wrestlers like getting their shine and even nick wayne getting his uh, AEW uh signing so yeah it's cool and, and one thing with billy starks is that um it's so funny how everyone's like oh she's so cool she's like you know she's a kid she's 17 18 da, da, da. she's taking over the indies and i'm sitting there just being like Man, wrestling's not that cool. I don't think she's like revered at her school. <laughs> just no. People just think like, oh, that's neat. She has a job and she, you know, goes out with her family. Like they probably think it's uh, more like, um, oh my God, uh, who, who are the band and the bus, the families? Who was the family Brandon. who toured in a bus? Come on, from the 70s. I'm Charles Manson? Him. No, no, no. Like the Brady Bunch, but the band. They were a family band. Oh. <sighs> I don't know, man. I keep thinking. You know a song? Can you name? Can no, you name God, a song? No. Someone in the chat's going to tell me, and they're going to date themselves too. Regardless, the point is, he is, or sorry, uh, Billy is. It's Partridge Family. Thank you, Partridge Family, where like they they load up the bus and they go on tour. <laughs> That's what it is. So regardless, uh, I think Billy Starks is way ahead of her time. I think she's oh, yeah. incredible, and I'm very much looking forward to what she does once she. Uh, when she turns 18 and starts receiving options for for a contract because she has the best people behind her as well 
You know, she has good family and good friends who will be looking out for her. And she's forward. smart. She's taking good matches too. She's not like just saying yes to every single thing, which I think a lot of people do do in the beginning. Yeah. And a lot of people do say that that is good advice in the beginning is to not say no to any gig. And that, you know, that is good advice too. When I was DJing, I would take any crappy gig I could at like a dive bar, whatever. So I could, you know, DJ those bigger rooms eventually. And it's kind of the same thing. But I think that um, Billy is smart. And I hope that to your point, she strategizes. So once she does turn of a legal age to, you know, get paid and travel and wrestle uh, legally, essentially, um, she'll be on fire. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and to your point, like, it's not like, oh, you wrestle, so you're instantly the superhero. She's probably, like, a loser at her high school, to be honest. I don't know. She can correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, I, I know. Not. I hope not, too, but, like, people think I'm cool, and I don't. But when I was yeah. in high school, I was not the cool the cool girl, you know? I've always been a loser. My The difference is I make money being a loser. That's how I do cool. it. Cool. Yeah, it works. Th- that's me. the way to do it. Yeah, exactly. That That's why I ask you guys for super chats and humper chats, so that I can... Prove to people, hey, I may be a loser talking about wrestling, but guess what? I'm a loser who makes money talking about wrestling. And I that appreciate all That's right. Give us, give us all your money. That's what we do here. Uh, let's put a, a, a I'm going to steal from Jeremy and Steven. Let's put a spotlight on Joey Janela for a minute. because Let's put Janella, a spotlight on Joey Janela for a minute. Joey Janela comes into GCW this weekend and has a banger against uh, Mascara Dorada. And then later on has a tag match with Marco Stunt. And he also worked JCW earlier in the day. So we don't, we don't have to talk about that. But that was the only one, the win that he got this weekend was JCW. Fine, whatever, cool. But um, man, that, we'll start with the tag match. Talk to me. That second gear, gear crew match. It was AJ Gray and Matthew Justice against Janela and Stunt. What did you think? And what are you looking forward to with Janela and Stunt and they're just what's going on with them in GCW now. Well, they kind of bring this je ne sais quoi to GCW that was missing for what, like a few months now. Um, obviously, Marco Stunt did not get too far in The Voice or whatever reality show he was participating in. Totally forgot that that was a thing. It was, um, yes. but it was it was like the boys are back together, the band is back together. Um, I like that they didn't take the win because I think that would have been a little bit too obvious um i thought the match was great i think it went a little bit too long i think there was a little bit of sloppiness but that's part of the gcw nature of things but overall um overall was great i thought that um there was way more uh like yes moments than me checking my phone and being bored moments yes which i can't say the same about every event this week right and we can get to some of those in a minute with with joey i mean I, I have a soft spot for Joey Janela. I always Same. do, always will. Not just because he's been a very kind person to me uh, back and forth that we've had, but also because he is a very talented wrestler and you can tell that he cares about the entire industry. Like the people that he works with and the styles that he brings, uh, there's clearly something there. So for, for Janela, I mean, having two very different matches over two nights was again, uh, another another feather in his cap. And I always had to go back and look at Janela's record on GCW because for a while I was like, man, are they treating him like they do in AEW? No, they don't. He is much more, oh, not over, but he wins more in GCW. He doesn't always win the big matches, but he definitely has those matches that, you know, people love and, and that that he gets over from. So uh, again, I gotta say, Joey Janela continues to impress. He's always good for me. And I'm also curious um, kind of about his uh, status, like his contract status with AEW, because it seems like 
um, he kind of has this pathway to kind of bring in all these amazing uh, indie wrestlers to dark, to elevation. Um, and he's always putting people over and kind of trying to expose people, not necessarily always in AEW, but in all these different promotions that he's like known to be associated with. Um, so clearly he has some kind of uh, interesting deal worked out with multiple uh, promotions. And that's, that also kind of tells you what kind of a dude he is. You know, he can, he can act like this, you know, kind of sexist machismo character, but it's Joey. It's like, he, he reminds me of so many dudes I grew up with, like in Toronto and same, like I've had some back and forth with him on social and he's just like the nicest, most genuine dude ever. If I'm AEW, I'm making plays to keep him around in one way or another. The guy doesn't necessarily want to be the world champion. Maybe he does. I'm not going to speak for him, but the guy completely brings uh, the opportunity for other wrestlers to come through and work sure. AEW. And it gives them an opportunity to get reps on TV that they otherwise might not have had. You've got guys like QT Marshall who have the factory and that's great for developing their, the wrestlers that are coming in. But then you have guys like Joey who can bring in wrestlers who are a little more established. And, and I, I just, I just think he's neat. <laughs> like Marge with the potatoes. I just think they're neat. <laughs> I just think they're neat. Uh, but no, he, he's great. I look forward to seeing him when I do. Um, let's, let's move on. What, who else? Who else really stood out? There was a, there was a lot of deathmatch stuff. I don't know if you want to. There go was ahead. a lot of deathmatch stuff. I'm just looking over my mo- uh, my moats, my notes. Your moats. Um, my moats. The Hate Club defeated the Rejects. Obviously, that was uh, yeah. closing out the night on the second night. It was it was. Uh, okay. Do you want to do you want to talk about Nick Gage real quick on night one and, and everything and his promo from that? Yeah, um, Nick Gage, first of all, looks great with a beard, um, but he seems to you know be in some kind of way right now. He's put on a bunch of weight. And that I'm promo, and and yeah, I hope that it might be because he's drinking less or just eating more. And I'm not, I'm not knocking him at all. I mean, I, even I gained weight during the winter. We all do, but um, I did, um, I did notice that, and I, I do get a little bit worried about him just because of his past. And I just, to your point, like hope, hope he's okay. Yeah, and when I saw him, he his promo was fine. It wasn't, you know, it didn't knock me out. Nick Gage has a passion. And when he speaks, people are listening. You can hear a pin drop until he lets you interact with him while he's on stage or while he's in the ring. There is like, there's nothing else in the world. And I love that about Nick. Uh, Looking at him the way that he was, I was a little like, oh, there's, there's something different here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like between the weight gain and just something, something different. And, Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily bad. It's just different. And I think that's notable for anyone who's followed Nick Gage and GCW uh, over the last few years, even. So we'll see what happens. But he had he had his GCW tag title death match. <laughs> and As you and they won. Uh, and was was the match any good in your opinion? Was it good? Um, it was it was it was kind of messy. I was like out of all the death matches that happened that weekend, that was probably my least favorite, which is which is uh, weird for me because usually I love Nick Gage death matches because um, he is so passionate and intense. But this one was just kind of I think there's kind of just like a lull at the end of the event. It was day two. Everyone was kind of over it, and who knows kind of what goes on with the minutia of everyone else backstage, how Nick's feeling, how everyone else is feeling. Um. But yeah, it was nothing to really write home about, in my opinion. My standout death match um, was Cole Radrick versus Orin Veet um, that went 16 minutes and 14 seconds, which when you think about in even just regular like singles matches, that's a long time. So when yeah, you're doing so when you're doing a 16 minute death match, like that's crazy. And I got a shout out Orin for wearing a cowboy bebop t-shirt to a death match. Yes. 
that's just incredible. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's going to go down in GCW history that match. Um, and the photos from after were incredible. And we were um, actually talking. Well, we're always talking on Twitter, but uh, we were talking a bit before uh, one of the announcers from GCW actually got hit during the event with a light tube, and he got hit so badly um, that he was bleeding out during the event. He actually ended up in critical care. So um, I hope he's okay. Yeah, Kevin Gill, OG Kevin Gill, had posted that uh, he ended up bleeding. Post- posted a photo of the back of his neck. So if anyone missed that, he got a he got hit. It was a, a spot where he got hit in the back of the neck with a light tube while he was in the ring. Yeah. Um, good spot. I mean, I, I was, you know, it really heaped on the heat. But apparently he uh, may have taken it a little too well. So we hope he's okay. Apparently, like you said, he was he was in urgent, urgent care. But uh, it seems to be he'll be okay. That's, that's yeah, I mean, he was kind of like joking about it. So I think that yeah. he's taking it pretty well. It's just like, I don't know if you've ever had any type of like head blood injury but your head just does not stop bleeding so that's really scary yeah we were kind of talking off air well i haven't had that experience it's something that you don't you definitely don't want because yeah like you said once you're open sometimes it's a little difficult to close it up yeah um one one match i actually do want to talk about before we might move on to impact or uh, aw um is the eight man tag team match now Mm. Historically in GCW, these scrambles are just that. It's just a scramble. It's a mess. It's hard to keep up with what even the hell is going on. And I mean, this lineup, I'll read it out. It's the second gear crew, um, which is one called Manders, AJ Gray, Effie, and Matthew Justice against ASF, Gringo Loco, Jack Cat- Cartwheel, and Ninja Mac. Uh, this one only bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly. When you place your first wager at bet MGM, simply download the bet MGM app and sign up using code champion 150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wagers outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. One about nine minutes, but there was not like one second where it was not some like insane, almost cartoon-esque spot fest. Yes. Um, and uh, the loco finisher off the top rope with Effie, I, I posted on my Twitter. It, I went off. It was crazy. Shout out to AJ Gray for putting on a ninja mask and becoming Black Ninja. That was a uh, oh, I died. that was called so commentary. I loved it. It was it was a really good match. I did catch that match, and uh, first of all, I mean anyone who knows me knows I love Effie. He's on top, one of my favorite guys in in the wrestling world. 
as a human, as a wrestler. He's he's not like the most incredible wrestler in the world. Oh my god! But like you can't help but love Effie when you see Effie. And no um, one loves Effie because he's an amazing technical wrestler. Maybe he should be a terminus. Maybe I want to see him grapple with no, the best. That would be hilarious. So him versus would, Gresham. Yes, let's do it. I'm sure he'd love fantasy it. booking. Let's do it. It's better than some of the other fantasy books people have had for Effie. Um, Jack Cartwheel, I've only heard a lot about. I don't really watch very often. And it's funny because a lot of the people that would tell me about Jack would tell me like, oh, he's a bit sloppy, but he's really good. And here I was like, not so bad here. He's been working a lot. So clearly there's something going on. He's he's learning. He's getting better. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you agree? Do you disagree with Jack Cartwheel? I think he's kind of sloppy. Like I, I'm not like, oh, he's so horrible and sloppy. But he just he he's kind of forgettable, especially when you're in an eight man tag match. Like it, you, it's really hard to kind of keep the attention on you. Um, so when you are someone like Ninja Mac, you automatically get that kind of crowd reaction. So he kind of gets lost in the scramble. I find, and his style is a little scrambly. So. And uh, shout out to Matthew Justice because before the world shut down, I watched him and Channing Decker beat the shit out of each other. Yes, at Greek Town. We'll, we'll nice. talk about Greek Town as we bridge towards Impact and everything. Uh, but yeah, Matthew Justice and Channing Decker had a death match, and they came. <sighs> we were over by the merch tables, me and my friends. Actually, Tim, who hosts Tim and Joel Caught in the Ring with me, um, we were there with our buddy, and we're all over by the merch stand. And all of a sudden, they did a spot where Justice flies across all the merch. And that includes RJ City's merch, uh, who was there, uh, Daniel Garcia's merch. I always uh, wonder about that. Like, what happens to these merch tables? So Kevin Blackwood was another one who was there. Basically, all the Buffalo boys were all together, and uh, they all got their merch. Kind of, There was some blood, so some of the stuff was, like, ruined or at least just sold for a higher price because there's yeah, more value Justice's blood. Oh, my God. Uh, RJ City was, like, shoot mad about it, which is really funny. <laughs> So afterwards, Channing was like, I'll give you a little bit more. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But other than that, when it happens, it happens. It's just part of the job, right? But You can't uh, get blood in RJ City's coffee grinds. That's just gross. He didn't even have the coffee. It was on his stickers, man. Oh, yeah. That's nasty. I'd be pretty yeah, upset, too. I'd be shoot mad as well. Yeah. He wasn't mad. He was just like, come on. What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, stepped yeah. away for two minutes. Come on, anyway, man. It was, uh, I love Matthew Justice. And I look forward to seeing him again soon. He's one of those guys that, like, continues to make me laugh and make me enjoy wrestling. He's One question though, what is like a death match like in Toronto versus death matches that I see on fight at GCW or is it pretty much the same? It was pretty close. There were no light okay. tubes that I can remember. And this event was in a church basement, but it was in a dingier church basement than I've seen before. They were, they had to run like across the street from the regular place where they'd normally run because there was some sort of conflict and the, the lighting was awful. It was not a good, like it wasn't a good setup event. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we found out Greek town, by the way, our local is running at Ryerson university in a much bigger space. And then they announced yesterday that they're going to have a special guest. Do you want to tell them who that special guest is going to be? Rob Van Dam. The whole Evan show is going to be a Greek town pro wrestling. Put a peace sign here. Peace sign here. <laughs> when I do not do the, when you don't, when you don't do post-production. Yeah. Uh, regardless, RVD is going to be a Greek town. If you're in Toronto or you're close to Toronto, please consider coming. I think it's April 13th. It's a Saturday. Uh, you are wrong. It's April 10th, but you were close. It's- is it a saturday i think it's a sunday actually wow weird Either yeah way, doesn't matter look it up it's on greek town's 
everything, all their socials. Uh, for some reason, they still like to use Facebook more than they like to use Twitter or Instagram. I don't know what that's about. Uh, regardless, looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to be there. And Eric Young's not going to be there. But Eric Young was at Impact No Surrender this past weekend. He was Jade indeed. White. What did you think of No Surrender? Overall thoughts? What were your impressions? Was there any standout match for you? I um I am a simp for Mickey James. So even when she puts it. on a mat, even when she puts on a match that isn't like a banger, I love it. And I also love Tasha Steeles. I think what uh what she's doing in Impact is cool. I think her getting a push is cool. I think she's finally kind of coming into herself and get it like has more like a better footing like in the ring and just like as herself as a character. Um I just really like her. She reminds me kind of of like once again, girls I partied with growing up. Um, and she kind of has like a Cardi B thing going on too. Um, and what else? I mean, the the Bullet Club drama was obviously exciting. A lot of people were talking about that. Well, let's um, get into that real quick. So we had a okay. tag match. So okay. we had the tag match. It was it was the Bullet Club. It was it wasn't the Bullet Club. It was the Gorillas of Destiny yeah. taking on who are great. The yes, they are great. I love yeah. Gorillas of Destiny. And then the Good Brothers. Now, the Good Brothers haven't uh, put those tag titles on the line since November at turning mm-hmm. points. So this was their first defense in like four months. I didn't love that. I'm also kind of sick of the Good Brothers as tag champions in Impact. So while I didn't expect them to lose, I was certainly hoping for just something different. And that finish, to me, wasn't it. Maybe there's more to be played out. This Bullet Club story with Jay White and... Tamatanga is clearly going to be multi-branded, uh, and mm-hmm. that's okay. But now they have to now they have to bridge those gaps as to not confuse a casual fan. I agree what? with that. Um, I personally don't really care about all the Forbidden Door. Oh, we're going to AEW. Oh, New Japan coming here and, and there. I think it's great that you know audiences here are now getting introduced to the Bullet Club. Um, I think Jay White is a good place to start if you've never kind of seen that. I mean, we'll talk about his AEW stuff in a bit as well. Um, one thing I have to say though is that I do agree with the Good Brothers holding the the belt. It is a little it is a little bit much at this point. But um, Doc Gallows usually just kind of is there. And for once, he actually did something in this match. And I really like that. The Doc Gallows wasn't just like there and standing around. So I was like, okay, that's 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 really cool. Um, and I think that, you know, Jay is kind of reinvigorating all this like Bullet Club uh, drama. Yeah, and I agree. And I think having Jay White come over and be the Bullet Club leader yeah. is a really good smart idea. Uh, it's really good exposure. Yeah it's, yeah, it's working because it's the Bullet Club's been nothing in New Japan for the last little bit. They've mm-hmm. been lacking a lot. And he wasn't of booked very well either in New Japan, Jay White. So Yeah, and I'm seeing in the chat people saying like Gallows with the dick talk and the dick swinging and the belts. Like that yeah, I get bored of that too. I'm re- I'm ready for them to move on. Uh not necessarily the, the theme the song is so bad too. I'm like, oh, oh my god. god, the deviled eggs. <laughs> yeah, the deviled, it's the deviled eggs. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm ready for something new when it comes yeah. to the Impact Tag Division. Yeah. I don't know what that is yet, but I know that it's not the Good Brothers. So I was we'll also, I was so disappointed with uh, Diana and uh, Elise as well. Let's talk about Miranda Alize and yeah. Diana Peraza. So going yeah. into this, I don't know about you, but uh, when I found out that they were doing an open challenge and they only announced it the week of the event, I just kind of said, or maybe it was two weeks before the event, regardless, it was pretty quick. I understand a lot of people were ex- expecting a former WWE uh, wrestler, like someone who was recently released. 
Yeah. People were saying Athena, who was Ember Moon. People were saying, um, oh God, there were other names, but I, I remember seeing Athena. Uh, Taya Valkyrie was the other name that people were expecting. And to me, Taya's husband, John Superstar, Johnny Mundo, John Morrison, Johnny Impact, Johnny AKA, Lucha, AKA. Johnny, yeah, exactly. So now he's Johnny Superstar, John Superstar in, in AAA. Uh, anyway, he was wrestling the same night on Saturday on the AAA card. So for me, it was like, listen, if he's there, and Ty is coming back to AAA. She's going to be in the match in AAA, which is what happened. So the match with Diana happened before the AAA show started. And uh, we ended up getting Miranda Alizé, which made sense because Alizé was also uh, in the finals for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Which is so why she chose that belt, obviously, over the AAA belt. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The match itself did not do it for me either. no. No, and I love, I don't know too much about, how do you say the other woman's name? Miranda Alizé. Okay, so I don't know too much about Alizé um, and her career and her work, but I am I am a huge simp for Deanna. I, I love her work. I love her as just like a figure in wrestling. So I think I had very high expectations for this one, especially because it was like the champ champ choose your belt kind of challenge. And it just was totally lackluster. Yeah, yeah there was something missing there. There was a lot yeah. of... Um, there's a, a lot of talk about footwork and I know you're about to go in and do some, some wrestling training of your own. And something that always sticks with me is your footwork in the ring. And it felt to me like a lot of the footwork that these two were doing, there's a lot of tippy tapping to get mm -hmm. into positions to do the next spot. And when that happens, it takes me away from the match. I know others might disagree and that's fine. But for me, that was the one thing that I immediately kind of latched onto. And these are two very competent very good wrestlers talented it wasn't yeah. a good match yeah uh, maybe they didn't call their spots properly or something i mean a bunch of things can happen but even when i was boxing and i would match up with someone um that like we just didn't click the same thing with like if your footwork isn't there you would essentially just like keep like it just wouldn't hit like it was just very yeah. awkward and it kind of felt like dancing in kindergarten where you're like oh, oh, oh. like i don't know what i'm doing Eighth grade trying to trying to slow dance. Or that, yeah, a couple of years later when you're doing the keeping your distance <laughs> of the dance. No touching. Uh yeah, so that was that was kind of my impression with that. But the, the Mickey James match against Tasha Steels, I agree with you, by the way, going back to that. Very good match. Very fun yeah. match. Um they can work. I didn't love that there was a bit of a of a messy finish there with Chelsea Green coming out and Savannah Evans getting involved. I didn't need that. I don't need yeah, that. Yeah, I don't that came out of absolutely left field and like in terms of running interference, it didn't add anything to the match at all. But if that's going to elongate their rematch mm. or their feud, I will take it. They just have to get there. We'll see where one, it goes. One match that I like didn't really care about also, but ended up surprising me was a uh, black Taurus and Jonah. That was a really cool match actually. Holy crap. I, I'm actually going to rewatch that after the stream. Cause it was really, really cool. Black Taurus. Or as our friend Denise Salcedo says, Black Taurus. Tar Taurus? Anyway, I'm sorry. I can't do the, the Spanish pronunciation. Black Taurus is the wrestler in Impact that continues to have the best matches and loses all of them. <laughs> and I love the guy. I really love his matches. He had mm -hmm. a banger with Josh Alexander at homecoming in January of last year. Okay. And that was a standout match for the X Division Championship. Go back and watch that match. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It was so good. Black Taurus continues to have bangers, but he can't win major feuds. Uh, so when he, I think it's because of the gimmick. Show. It's probably because of the gimmick. You can't really do too much, like for championships with that. 
I guess. You know, I think he should be a tag champion, quite frankly. Have him and Crazy Steve go on a run. Have do just do that. Regardless, him and Jonah had the banger big man match of the night. And I love Yeah, that it. was and I usually am not about like big meaty men slapping me, but that was nice. like unreal. Because then later in the night you had Moose and Morrissey, I believe. Didn't really care. Didn't really yeah. care. Because I knew that Moose was gonna win. Moose is gonna come out and do his moose thing and moose win and it's it doesn't do it yeah. for me. I get it. They were building Morrissey really strong for the match, which was great. Uh, yeah. But coming out of it, I think I expected. I don't, I don't, actually, I didn't know what I expected. I expected Moose to win, but I'm still waiting to see if Morrissey is in or out of impact because yeah. that's been the whole thing. He's he's waiting to see if he gets himself a new contract that has some big money attached to it. And uh, I mean, we no. didn't even talk about the opening match with Mike Bailey, Chris Bay, Ace Austin, Jake something. I Holy speedball. I love him same, so much. same. Like I will bring a sign when I finally get into America just for him. That match was really good. There are three things that you can count on in life: death, taxes, Ace Austin, and Chris Bay in the opening contest in an X Division clusterfuck. I was really fact. impressed by Jake Something too. Like he's a standout to me. I love Jake Something. We've seen him at Super Kicked a bunch. I did not he's know that. Stuff. I didn't know he did some local stuff here. That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, when Jake comes around, he's 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 always good. And uh, I like seeing him get a standout win because uh, him being number one contender for the X Division Championship. That's that's interesting to me. That's exciting for me. And one thing I really like about Impact as a promotion is in this show, it was at, in this town called West Wego, Louisiana. So it's like about 40 minutes outside of New Orleans. Um, and the crowds there are always like a really nice mix of you OK there. Yeah, the straw's weird. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm. Not trying to take All away. good. The crowds there are always a good mix of like old, young kids, girls, boys, white, black. Like everyone's there because tickets aren't as expensive to go to impact shows. And I think that kind of creates this like kind of wholesome vibe where even if it is this dude dressed as a satanic bull, like in a really crazy match, it's still like very family friendly and just wholesome and fun. It is. And every time that impact comes through to Canada, I, I definitely in Toronto, I go. Mm-hmm. because the shows are like you said it's affordable it's fun uh they run the rebel nightclub in toronto which by the way is like it's close to me uh, uh, uh. it's great and it's awful because it's impossible to get to with transit but the oh, yeah. venue itself is so good for wrestling the vip it's a, it's a upstairs is awesome too and and when they close that down all the wrestlers hang out out there of course <laughs> but, uh, yeah of course but for me like when i go those shows they they always hit and there's always like uh there, there's no lack of uh of a vantage point you can see everything yeah so every show i've gone to at rebel has been good for wrestling um so shout out to them for, for that i hope they come back soon hopefully as things kind of reopen we'll be able to go to some impact shows yeah i mean for now i'm not going to complain about the locals we're going to get to go to but uh, it would be nice to get some of the bigger boys in town sooner or later for sure i saw wrestle uh wwe has some stuff on sale in ontario now though so yeah, they're hoping to come back to Toronto. The Road to Mania, I think. Yeah. Or yeah. House yeah. shows two and a half hours in and out. They're fun shows. Go home show go, though, go. kind of, right? No, so they're kind of like preview matches for WrestleMania in some cases, yeah. but honestly, it's a house show. Nothing's really important. Nothing's like you're not gonna see title changes or anything like that, but you will see guys and girls go out and have like regular wrestling matches. Yeah, I went and to a WWE event years ago and it was it was a great time. A lot of drunk people, but very friendly drunk people. Speaking of drunk people, you can donate to our cause of drinking by donating a uh, super chat or a humper chat. 
go to humperchats.com or you we need to get a way funnier uh we need to get a way funnier banner than that like if it says humper chats you need to use like a peach emoji or an eggplant emoji or something i use it for tim and joel so i don't really i don't know i'll make something yeah better. we'll do not, a tip not jar. on brand not it's a brand. tip jar. We need a tip jar. That's what we need. And we shake the jar and it's full of change. Anyway, uh, what else do we have? We have AEW. Let's talk. Do you want to talk about AEW for a little bit? Yeah, Let's sure, sure, sure. I, I think that um, Rampage bad, Dynamite good. Explain that, that's yourself. My... Rampage was just kind of a meh episode to me. It didn't It didn't really hit. I mean, well, I'm, I'm not just going to say that and not say why. We'll get into <laughs> it. But I mean... The, the crowd in Nashville for Dynamite was really hot, very rowdy. Yes. I really, I really like that. Um, they opened the show with the, uh, I think it was the punk promo they opened with, right? Uh, on Dynamite, yes. Yeah, um, which is fantastic. That. One yes. of his best to date in AEW, 100%. Um, and then we went right into Brian Danielson, obviously defeating a lo- little boy, Lee Moriarty, who is one of my favorite wrestlers right now. Uh, they went for 12 minutes, which for AEW right now, considering everything that's going on, is pretty good. I mean, Danielson versus an upcomer classic match kind of rigmarole. And I think that even though Lee Moriarty took the L, obviously, he still looks way better than he did going into it. And it's crazy that, you know, not even five months ago, he was nowhere really. And now he's with the big boys, um, yeah. with your Danielsons, with your Coles, with your Moxleys, all this stuff. So, um, I didn't think it was like a five out of five, but I think it was a really good first match for the night. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Everything you're saying, Lee being able to work with some of his, his heroes, being able to work with some of the people that, that he's, he's looked up to and idolized in wrestling. There's nothing bad about that, especially when those wrestlers give him some shine, they make him look good. And when you get that opportunity and you make the most of it, then guess what? You're going to keep growing. And I think that's a big, big win for, for Lee Moriarty. Going back to the punk promo, the whole like Piper in Portland, will you be my Valentine? I'm going to, I'll drop, I'll drop this now. Let everyone know. I reached out to our pal, Jeff Hawkins, who is our, our resident classics guy. And Jeff and I are going to talk a little bit about the significance of Piper in Portland, about Greg the Hammer Valentine and about dog collar matches in the history of those. And we're going to drop that closer to revolution. So get ready for that. That's going to drop. Uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that because Jeff is a, just a, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to like eighties wrestling from all across the globe. He and I, there's one in the can that we have about the bunkhouse stampede and how awful that was, but how it gave birth to the Royal rumble, or at least how hmm. it competed in ways with the Royal rumble. Kind of from like a more historian kind of. Yes perspective yeah. that's really cool yeah. and i mean so, i went to i went to hardcore horny jail with that uh, promo when he took out the dog collar i was just like <laughs> taking the funniest screen caps and everyone did i mean how dude everyone went nuts they were ready yeah. for, for that they're like me next i'm like mm-hmm. that's but nice. uh, like he said uh those dog collar matches they'll they'll take a bunch of years off you real fast yeah if you're not careful and you know what mjf has oh. been in a dog collar match oh really and you know where that dog collar match happened toronto hamilton Close enough. He had one with Ethan Page, of all people. No way. Yes. An A1? or An A1. Wow. I need to uh, find some grainy YouTube footage of that. I'll find it for you because A1, they they record everything. I've got, I actually have the link for you, so I'll send it to you after the show. Sweet. So uh, not his first one. It's going to be fun. So uh, moving on, we've got the face of the Revolution ladder matches. We'll just lump them both together because yeah. it looks like it's going to be one of those big, meaty men slapping meat ladder matches. And yeah. I'm excited for that. You've got Hobbs who who qualifies. You've got Wardlow who qualifies. Uh, and we have Keith Lee is already in there. 
first of all, who else do you want to see in this ladder match? Is there anyone that comes to mind immediately? Um, maybe like a wild card, like Sammy or someone just to like kind of screw things up would be cool. Um, but I honestly am not like super hyped about this. I think that I think it'll be a great match. I think it will be just fine. But I don't really know. Like, it just seems gimmicky. Like, uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not too like impressed by it. I, I just think it came out of nowhere. And like, what is the point of this? Like, what like, what is the point of the outcome of this? Where is this going to go in the, the universe of AEW? So the face of the Revolution Ladder match last year was the brass ring and you get a shot at the TNT title. Yeah. It's the same thing this year. Last okay. year it was like it was the Cody show that um oh my god, who won it? Uh Scorpio Sky won. So it was like, yeah, the like the outcome is a TNT title match, and that's fine. But I want to know who's the big meaty man who's gonna get that title match because eventually they're gonna have to take on Sammy Guevara, and I'm and that's gonna be a nutso match. It's gonna be a David and Goliath match. And I hope that they don't give it to uh, Keith right off the jump because I think that that would be just too obvious. Um, I, I think it would be really cool to give it to Wardlow. I think that would be who I would want to see it on personally. Um, no disrespect to Hobbs because he has the best smile in AEW. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's Wardlow's time right now. I think he's super over, especially in his hometown. Um, everyone's just like waiting and yearning for that betrayal to happen uh, with MJF. And I think this would be um, yet another motivation for him to start doing a lot of other cool stuff uh, and a bunch of other plot lines. Yeah, the one thing with Wardlow is if he wins, then he opens up a whole extra, um, a whole Branch. extra line with MJF, yeah. because the whole story is that uh, MJF is it, it basically owns Wardlow for all intents and purposes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, I just want one small guy to get into this thing, like Marco so Stunt. Marco Stunt, Ice Fuego, just basically, yeah, someone in the chat saying playing the role of a ping pong ball. That's what I want to see. Just someone who gets yeeted across the ring. And then maybe... Darby would be really good for that, actually. Darby would be great for that. I yeah. don't think it's going to be Darby. But I think if it's a smaller guy, it could be Swerve. Isaiah Swerve. It's the former Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, now and that is rumored to be one of the appearances at Revolution. So that does make sense. Yeah. And if it's a smaller guy, then then that's fine by me. It could be it could be literally anyone. And What about Miro? Guy, like, where is Miro? Where, like... We're is he cleared to, to wrestle back. yet or supposedly he's cleared we're just waiting okay. for him to come back i thought he'd be back in nashville because that's his hometown now well that's his where he's living now but either way. and i guess uh, lance archer could do it as well archer would be interesting i don't know if i want to put archer in a ladder match after mm -hmm. losing a, neck injury uh, a world too. title match yeah well, there's that too uh probably not leo rush because leo rush just left AEW. um just seeing that in the chat jade cargill you want to talk about jade I always want to talk about Jade and the rabbit. <laughs> the rabbit. I love how she went nuts. Bunny's like, how dare you? Calling her the rabbit. I love the uh, the Joker reference too with the look from Jade. I thought that was awesome. And she, I don't know what has happened to Jade in the past like three weeks, but there is a huge shift in personality. There is a huge shift in confidence. There is a huge shift in just like the aura around her. And she's just, I mean, she's always been a strong commanding woman, obviously, like just look at her, but there's just an, an evolution has happened in the three weeks. And I think that she's really realizing how, how influential she is and how, um, how she does have a lot to learn. She has a long way to go, but she's also really figuring out like how to push people's buttons, how to use social media to her advantage, how to be better on camera, how to be better in ring. And um yes. Horny jail once again with that <laughs> segment. I think somebody told her, talk your shit. Yeah. 
and she said that like she's gonna do it yeah and she has been she does it in promo she does it in interviews she is being her authentic wrestling self Mm -hmm. and we know that brian danielson's working with her in ring there's a possibility that he's also you know imparting some knowledge about a character and how to portray that character uh authentically and she's doing that and i agree there has been a shift because i someone told her stop listening to haters Stop getting upset when someone says you can't wrestle because clearly you're wrestling. Clearly you're building and clearly you're growing. And I think she realized at that moment, yes, I am. And I have my peers behind me. I am learning. I am growing. I should be able to show out. And the buddy is like that too. Like I was never um, like a huge bunny stand until she kind of just, I don't know. I think it was sometime this year. She just really found her groove in the ring. And especially after the last, like no, uh, like no disqualification lights out match with um, Anna J and everyone like she's amazing. And I think right now you have all these superstars in the women's division and you have all these like bookings at the top, but there's not a lot happening with character development. There's not a lot happening with like all the kind of mid card women. And I don't think it's like a big conspiracy with TK or anything. I just really hope that we start seeing um, more main events with women, um, more storyline development with women. And we are starting to see that. Um, And it is good. We're starting to see more backstage segments. We're starting to see more um, like feuds and and stuff outside of the ring as well. But um, I definitely would like to just see more, more women uh on tv not just dark not just uh not just uh like tv shows ppvs as well so we can touch on it right now as we kind of sprint to the finish line mercedes martinez and thunder rosa had their no disqualification match and the match was what it was it was a little clunky but also there were some spots that i loved they did that german spider suplex the spider oh my god yeah great stuff they got the plunder they had a few incidents with with things not working like tables. That table botch was brutal, man. It sucked. But at the same time, yeah. it just adds to the, the the grossness of a notice qualification match. But the point is, this ended up having storyline implications because mm. we're seeing Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez showing some respect towards each other and then Britt Baker and co starting up again. Uh, and Martinez kind of starting to turn, starting to turn face already. And potentially partnering up, or par- not partnering up, but having a match or a feud with Jamie Hayter. I, ju- I just want to see that, man. I just want to see Mercedes and Hayter immediately. It needs yes. to happen. Um, I also, and I think I said it last week, like I love Britt, but I want to see the belt drop off of her too. I don't know if that's going to happen at Revolution. I think a lot of people are now demanding that that's a cage match at Revolution when they run it back. I agree because we don't want interference. We just want it to be a bloody, brutal, hopefully 10 to 14 minute match where Thunder takes the belt. I would like to see that. Don't know if it's going to happen. Don't really care if it happens. Um, but I didn't I didn't think that that no disqualification match between those two women went as hard as I thought it was going to, especially considering the background of both these women separately. Um, And they work together super, super well. And one of the spots that I loved was uh, Thunder jumping into the crowd, using that guy's hand kind of as a balance. And uh, the POV from his perspective was posted on Twitter as well. It was pretty wild. Um, But I think that uh, sometimes when you call your spots before the crowd's there, it seems a lot smarter than when the crowd's there. And this was one of those situations. Yeah. And it is, again, it is what it is. But if we're going to get... And I love both those women. Yeah, and if we're going to get Martinez and Hater, I see it in the chat, put it on the pre-show, I would put it on the buy-in. I think that's a fine match to have on the buy-in. Yeah. Those two women, would they have the experience. 
they're new enough that they're just making a, their case and to get that in front of a, a live audience that's also a free audience if they're watching on youtube yeah. i think that's good exposure and i think that's the right place to do it yeah it's a um, smart that's a smart that's a smart uh play for sure and another match of that night that i thought was going to be like way more crazy too was uh the tnt title um, I thought that overall, like it wasn't a bad match, but it, once again, it was sloppy. It was kind of forgettable. Um, like there were nice, some nice spots here and there, but nothing that I would like be like, oh, wow, like I want to go back and watch that. Or I want to see that spot, especially after what uh, Sammy did the other the other night with Cody. It's going to be hard for Sammy to improve on that. Yeah. That was a very good match. That, if, if that's the way Cody's leaving AEW, then guess what? That's the best possible outcome for Cody. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Going out on a banger like that, that means something. But for and Sammy, Sammy scratched his cornea during this match too, which is uh, brutal. See, I didn't know that, but you had told me offline and I, was, yeah. I had to go back and find it. But um, yeah, if that's the case, I mean, scratching your cornea sucks. That's not fun. Hopefully he's fine and, and able to still go, which I'm sure he will be. The match itself, like you said, not super memorable. Mm-hmm. It was fine for Darby and Sammy because they've done this before and they've done a great job. They know each other in and out. But I think this was all just trying to move forward the story with Andrade. And yeah. if that's what you're doing, I don't know if you burn a Darby and Sammy match for that. Yeah, it just seemed like it was kind of like, go, you guys go now. Um, and like, we almost even forgot, like, you want to talk about forgettable, the inner circle match that happened. Like, <sighs> Shout so out to got- Chris Jericho and, and, and Jake Hager for being in great shape. Probably the best shape that they've been. Oh, in for while. sure. I have so much respect for everyone involved in this match. But I mean, S- Santana and Ortiz deserve better than this at this point. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that's my opinion. And I'm glad that like this kind of storyline is coming to an end. And I don't know what is going to happen to Jericho and AEW if he's just going to do commentary. I hope not personally. Um, but I'm glad that the story is kind of coming to an end or at least this iteration of it. Also, it's always amazing to see Eddie Kingston there. He can do, he could just like walk out and stand there. And I would be like, this is amazing. Um, I think that Hager is like really hard to watch in ring. Um, like, I can't believe he did MMA because it's just like, you're bro, like, you're going to hurt yourself, like, throwing some of these like strikes. Um, <laughs> it's just very unbelievable. Like, even like in wrestling, for me to suspend belief and be like, oh, wow, this guy is so strong and good at MMA. So, uh, I mean, that match went 10 minutes and 43 seconds, which I think was way too long for the point they were trying to get across with that. I, I agree with you. I like that they're just finally getting back to yeah. Jericho is turning. Jericho is the bad guy. Jericho and, and Kingston is the match. I just want Proud and Powerful to go and move on and do something yeah. in yeah. the tag division and make a splash there. That's 100% agree. Uh, Kayak guy tells us a super chat saying coexisting Darby and Sammy story. Could that'd be cute. Tag team. I would that'd be it. really cute. Yeah. And they I could do really cool cinematics and stuff too together because they're both like essentially yeah. like jackass stunt guys, right? That would actually be really entertaining. I would be down to watch that. Yeah. And, and you know what? Don't even make it like a coexisting will they or won't they? Just be like, we respect each other. And like, Sammy's got to drop the belt first, he's got to drop the TNT title. So he drops it, and then Darby and Sammy can easily do. They have two TNT titles, so each of them gets one. There's now. an evil uh, one and a good one. A good one. But yeah, so Darby drops the title. Sammy and Darby as a team. or Sorry, uh, Sammy drops the title. Darby and Sammy can easily you know, team up, be like, hey, let's try something different. Mm-hmm. We know each other. We respect each other. And I think it'd be funny to watch Sammy and Sting interact as well. 
Oh my she gosh. Was Sammy Guevara and Sting just trying to be pals. I just pictured Sammy Guevara in the Sting face paint and I actually yes. like it. <laughs> I, I like actually love it. it works. Oh, I think we're I think we got through everything. We got through a whole lot of wrestling talk and a whole lot of drinking. So uh you want to get out of here? You want to go? You I do. Last call? I want to go pet my dog. I want to drink more, not on camera, so I don't say anything embarrassing. All right, last even though call. I already did. Let's get out of here. Lily, where can the people find you on the internet? The people can find me at Lily Z on this lovely banner there. Um, I write for Frightful sometimes, and I also run my own website called strangecomforts.com. So you can check me out there. I have a new mixtape dropping on there actually quite soon. There we go. It's Fightful Overbooked, youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. Give us a like. Give us a comment. It was fun. We're here every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern. We haven't been able to go live. We've usually taped and just toss it up the same day. But uh, if you guys and girls and friends beyond the binary want to see it live more often, let us know in the comments and we'll make it happen. Until then, let's get out of here. Let's go have a drink. Cheers, everybody. Enjoy the rest of the day. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.